Hey, it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. I've got some of the provisions here of the uh, of the bill passed by the Republican uh, House Majority to address the debt limit, which they've agreed to raise by $1.5 trillion. And you have the Democrats saying, no, we're, we're not negotiating. We're, we're not negotiating. No way, no how. Meanwhile, and I will get into this, I have much audio of Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden and others extolling the virtue of negotiation on the debt limit. And right now, Republicans are in the same place they were with Obama. When Democrats first took control of the House of Representatives, the Democrats held the Senate, and there was a Democrat president. And we were calling we were calling a crisis 20 trillion dollars ago. 13 trillion dollars was a crisis. 20 trillion dollars ago. There's three things that are happening right now. One, the majority we're edging towards the majority of people having no relationship with the spending in Washington. Right? What 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 is what does that mean? What is what is the debt? What is the deficit? What does that mean? If you're not paying now, the fact that those people who are reliant on government will be hurt in the process if there is an economic collapse is again it's an out of sight out of mind thing two do a lot of people really understand what a trillion dollars is i mean really understand the gravity of 1 trillion dollars if you could barely understand the gravity of 1 trillion dollars what's 30 trillion 31.5 trillion, 33 trillion. What does that mean? And then there's the, the, the there's too many people that aren't paying taxes and there's too many people that don't understand what a trillion is and there's too many people that believe the people in Washington have got this figured out. Right when we talk about Zimbabwe or Cuba or Venezuela, it's easy to go, well, you know, that's not the, it can't happen here. Now they'll, fi- they'll figure it out. Right? You can see millions of people watching the nightly news going, no, you New know, and existing. They'll, they'll figure it out. Smart people, they always figure it out, right? They're, they're always, they'll, they'll figure it out. Figure out what? It's almost as if China knows something the rest of us don't know. They're making inroads in Central America. They're flexing their muscles in Africa. They're stepping into the breach of diplomacy in Russia, between Saudi Arabia and Iran. Argentina just dropped, just dropped the dollar. I don't know if you saw that. that. That made no real headlines. Argentina just entered into an economic agreement with China on trade where they will trade in the yuan, not the dollar. They just dropped the dollar as the reserve currency. 
The world is moving on without the United States. The French don't even like us. That used to be the watermark. How do the French feel? What are the French saying? What 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 is in the mind of the average Parisian? We're supposed to care about that. That that was a, that was a, a cudgel when Donald Trump was president. That that they portrayed Trump as the ugly American. And if you don't know what that phrase means, the ugly American, go and Google it. That Trump represented the ugly American. And we we had to bring we had to bring back we had to bring back the notion that that our European allies had to give us some level of approval for whoever was going to be our our commander in chief. And that was supposed to be Joe Biden. Joe Biden, who sat on the Foreign Relations Committee, Joe Biden was supposed to you know soothe soothe the nerves soothe the nerves of our European allies. Now Macron is saying, we're moving on. We're going to go get into league with China. And if China wants to invade Taiwan, the French have already said it. They're not coming with us. So Biden doesn't really have a coalition to defend Taiwan right now, does he? Why is that? What do they know that the rest of us don't know? And the open border believe it or not, is going to be key here. You you hear it said often, right? You heard Doug Collins on this program yesterday. The main drivers of, of federal spending, the debt and the deficit, is Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security. Now, do you remember, it wasn't that long ago, I would say I could be wrong. I remember SNL actually mocking it when they had a moment where they actually felt they could actually make fun of Barack Obama a little bit, where Barack Obama was meeting, um, I don't know if it was Xi Jinping, and essentially, um, it was that we were borrowing money from China to cover the cost of Obamacare. And uh, the the on the SNL skit, the the character actor playing the Chinese president, are you trying to make sex to me? If you remember that, if you don't remember it, go look it up. I'm sure it's on YouTube. But we are borrowing money. We are inflating our currency just to cover the cost of these three programs, which, you know, they say is the third rail of politics. You can't cut these things. Now, when they say cuts to Social Security, what does that mean? If you if you if Social Security, if, if your contribution doesn't mean anything, meaning you get it, whether you contribute or you don't, then you're you, we talk about cuts to Social Security. We're talking about cutting and Biden said this in his his three minute video. Cuts the Social Security that you paid your whole life to. Well, what does that mean? As I've pointed out to you, Social Security is not yours. You heard Joe Biden say it in in his video. The money that you saved your entire it's not your money. When they say your Social Security, there's no such thing as your Social Security. Once you turn something over to the government, you lose control of it. You get what the government gives you. And as I've said, and I've never, you know, I I offer a civil forum on this program to discuss any of these issues with somebody who disagrees with me. What we mostly get in the form of our legendary callers, they're legends in their own minds. They've convinced themselves that they have defeated my arguments when it's never happened ever on this program. 
I started in talk radio in 2002, full-time in 2003, full-time on Sirius in 2006. I've never had my arguments defeated by anyone, not once, not ever. You could save your entire life. You could pay taxes your entire life. If you die, and let's say you're married, you die, your spouse dies. After your children, if you have any, reach the age of majority, what happens to all of that money that you've saved? The answer is the government not only keeps it, they give it to whoever they want. So if you are elderly, not even elderly, you could be, you know, I'm going to be 51. If you die, now I have three dependent children, but if you die after your children reach the age of majority, the government keeps your money. If somebody comes here yesterday and maybe they work uh, a couple of years, they're going to qualify for Social Security, but their contribution isn't going to cover nearly what it's going to cost to pay them that annuity for the rest of their life. Where do the resources come from? When you look back at 1933 and you look at the, the you know, life expectancy, it was, the government was betting that most people would be on Social Security for, you know, a couple of years, maybe five, maybe 10. Retirement wasn't 20 to 30 years as it is for some people today. You've got people who retire at 65 years old, they can live till 95. And if they're getting on Social Security at 67, 68, it could be 25 years that they're on Social Security. But it's not yours. So when they're talking about cuts to Social Security, we're talking about cutting people. You know, if you're cutting something for someone who didn't contribute, that's whatever. But then they'll say, what do you want us to do with these people? Everything gets pushed to the federal government. Everything is part of the system, they would say. But with the open border, with the border the way that it is, 6.5 million people, that's the latest statistic, have crossed the border illegally just since Joe Biden has been president. They've been using that 11 to 20 million number for 20 years. The number is probably more like 40 million. You've got millions of people coming across the border. People who need health care, who need housing, and they'll say, but we're the richest nation on earth. So what? We do not owe our wealth individually or collectively to anyone. Nobody's owed these things. It's like when you, when you look at a scene where somebody's being accosted by a mob whether they be adults or teenagers. And you say, well, what should you do then? Well, I guess you're supposed to take the beating. That's what Democrats are saying right now. You do not have the right to use deadly force to defend yourself from a mob. You're supposed to take the beating. What they're saying is you owe your well-being to the greater good. Meaning if you could just take a little bit of a beating, right? You might get a, a fat lip, a broken nose, a broken rib, a broken jaw. That's better than you falling back on a firearm and taking two or three lives. They'll say, well, that's that's not proportional. 
Yes, but I didn't drag these people into combat. They dragged me into combat. I don't owe you one second of my life. I don't owe somebody on the street looking to do me harm one second of my life, one drop of my blood. I don't owe them anything. The idea that I should accept the beating because of some academic notion that my response might not be proportional, well, that's too bad. If you drag somebody into combat, you don't get to make the rules of combat. But the system, the system, the system. Not one of you voted to give this president the authority to throw the border wide open and then bill you for it. And they have no intention of deporting these people. The president issued yesterday a laundry list of new airfingers, quote, enforcement measures. None of them actually prevent the border crossing and the endless supplying of resources by the taxpayer. None of it. Are you blaming? You're, there you go. Blame, it's not blaming immigrants. It's simple math. The number of taxpayers versus the number of recipients. We are just at, right now we're talking about AI replacing jobs. It won't be very uh, far into the future where robots will probably be doing the lion's share of agriculture work. We're importing people with no education, very little to no job skills, who at best may do menial tasks that are not going to be there in the future, and then we're going to have an even bigger, more bloated welfare state with a shrinking number of people contributing to it. That is a re- that is a recipe for disaster. It, it's, it's not a discussion of emotion or race or age or demographics at all. We are increasing the number of people who are becoming dependent on the federal government while decreasing the number of people who are contributing. That means as the number of contributors dwindle, even if you took, if right now Bernie Sanders would have put on a beret and overthrow the government and take every penny from every rich person, that's every penny, maybe, let's say you got $5 trillion out of it. Let's say you got $8 trillion out of it. In about three years, that would be all spent. It'd be all gone. We're talking about increasing, increasing the number of dependents and decreasing the number of taxpayers. Even if you raise the taxes proportionally, eventually you're going to run out, as Margaret Thatcher would say, of other people's money. So the cost of Medicaid and Social Security And Obamacare, cost of education, all of these things are going to skyrocket if we can't enforce our sovereignty. This is a real problem. And there are no progressive solutions. There are no Democrat solutions. Tax the rich, spend on the poor is not going to work. They've been trying it since the Great Society. And since the Great Society, the debt and the deficit have only ballooned. And you can blame Republican presidents all you want. They have been saddled with these programs. And the smart people in Washington, you're not even allowed to use the word reform. And when they say this is outdated and that's outdated, did you ever notice that Social Security, which is going to be 90 years old, it's going to be 100 years old in a decade, is never going to be outdated. It's the same formula that's been there since 1933. 
And it's not working. And when we talk about the European welfarist systems, their net migration is a it's barely it's barely a blip compared to Norway doesn't have six million people crossing its border a year or two years, three million a year. They don't have that. They admit a handful of refugees here and there. You cannot the welfare state and the open border. The when I say welfare, I don't literally just mean people getting food stamps. I mean the entire the entire apparatus of taxing from one group of people and spending on a completely different group of people. The entire apparatus. The apparatus of the welfare state cannot survive against an open border. It cannot. When you cannot contain or control the flow of people who are going to require resources, resources that have to be confiscated from the private sector, when the number of people that are requiring resources is just growing, 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 growing to a point where we can't even seem to control it on any level. And then on, on, on the other side of that, we're also cutting energy. We're cutting the things that make our economy work so that there can be revenue to the government. All of this is a disaster brewing. Now, I will say this. I don't know that the Republican proposal goes far enough. I realize it's not going to make it through the Senate. I admire Kevin McCarthy for doing something, anything. I'm not in love with the guy. I'm not ready to lick his, bring him his slippers and lick his face. But these are serious things that have to happen. And they say, well, this is, you can't do this with the debt ceiling. Well, the Democrats have looked at the Constitution and said, you know, those enumerated powers, they don't matter anymore. And that Tenth Amendment doesn't matter anymore. We could just suck all the resources to the federal government and distribute them from the federal government. And that's that. There's, there's no limits to what we could do. Politics is the art of the possible. Republicans have no choice. We have no choice. It is not hyperbole to say we are going to lose the country. No nation. A nation cannot stand if it does not enforce its borders. It, you cannot have open borders and a welfare system. They just don't work. You can join me live on the Wilcom Majority, Monday to Friday, noon to 3 East, 9 to noon West, on Sirius XM Patriot, Channel 125.